Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, we discuss the Philadelphia Phillies loss in their series with the Milwaukee Brewers. They lose the final two games, and I'll tell you why the game two loss was way worse than their loss today. We'll also discuss in detail what Derek Hall is bringing to this team right now, what he's not bringing to this team, and why he can't play first base for this team anymore. Uh, and finally, we'll react to the Andrew Painter news, and I'll give you my thoughts on uh, just everything surrounding a very interesting situation with a young pitcher that doesn't seem to be working out in the Phillies' favor. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked on Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out. Locked on Phillies is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You might know me from the radio on 97.5 The Fanatic. You might know me from television every once in a while on NBC Sports Philadelphia, but I'm here as your host of Locked on Phillies. And uh, make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube channel. It takes like two seconds. Uh, we did, in fact, as I was wondering about yesterday, if we were there or not yet, we have, in fact, hit 1.5 thousand subscribers. So thank you so much. Great milestone. We're going to take it to 2,000 next and then everything beyond that. And uh, you could help by going ahead and subscribing, and it helps you as well. It costs you nothing, gives you notifications when new episodes are posted. So really appreciate anyone who does that. But either way, no matter how you're checking us out, thank you so much for checking us out. You're on Locked On Phillies. The Phillies just finished up their series with the Brewers a couple of minutes ago. I want to jump on here quickly to go ahead and give you my thoughts for today's episode on what went wrong in the series. The Phillies lost last night in a five to three ball game. Today they lose four to nothing. And let's start with today's game, the most recent game against Corbin Burns. Now, I understand that getting shut out is never good and having double digit strikeouts in a game is not good and all this stuff. Like, I get that. I'm not saying, oh, the Philadelphia Phillies, fine performance today. It doesn't matter. No, I'm upset with the loss. But Corbin Burns is Corbin Burns, man. He's just really, really, really good at baseball. It's not like you got shut out by a nobody who didn't deserve to shut you out. Like, he's been a top pitcher in baseball for a couple of years now. And once you go ahead and you give up a three-run home run in the third inning to Christian Yelich, who I told you two episodes ago was due, and he's been hot lately. Once you give up that three-run home run, it kind of felt like you were in trouble because Burns had his stuff working. Um, they got the Brewers, that is, got another run in the seventh off of a uh, Wilson Contreras, or Will, not Wilson, William Contreras uh, RBI single. He's killed the Phillies this series too. But the bottom line is once you give up that three-run home run in the third with how well Corbin Burns is pitching, it's just you're, you're not going to beat him. And that was my whole argument when we talked about yesterday's game, when I talked to you after the win in game one of the series, I said, okay, big game in game two, because game three, you're facing Corbin Burns and he's nasty. He is an absolute problem. And he showed you why today the final stat line for Corbin Burns, uh, who got the win in this game against Taiwan Walker. Just listen to this eight innings pitched two hits, no runs, none earned one walk, 10 K's. I mean, that's unbelievable. Uh, that's so good. Tywin Walker, just to give you an idea of what he did as far as competition level for uh, Corbin Burns, six innings, six hits, four runs, all earned, two walks, six Ks, a home run allowed. It wasn't like a terrible start by Walker, 
you just kind of ran into a buzzsaw in Corbin Burns. And Milwaukee's bullpen's been so good. Their starting pitching has been really good. Their offense is not that good. And they just find ways to win because the pitching has been incredible for them. So, yes, the Phillies lose to the Brewers. That I'm cool kind of with that loss. Like, I'm not okay with it, I don't want to say, but I'm not losing my mind over that loss. What I am upset about more so is the loss last night on Wednesday night where you had an opportunity and you come back from being down 3 nothing to tie it at 3-3, to and you end up losing that game. Last night's game, of course, was the Christopher Sanchez game uh, facing off uh, against, uh, what was his name, Carlos Ray? I forget the guy's first name already. Uh, anyway, bottom line, you had an opportunity because Ray was not that good, and Sanchez also was kind of not that good. He gave up three runs in the second inning to make it 3 nothing. but then Nick Castellanos homers in the fourth. Uh, Kyle Schwarber gets a two-RBI single in the fifth with some aggressive base running combination of Brandon Marsh and Dusty Watson over at third base, uh, telling him to round on a single from first base, and he ends up scoring because Marsh can fly, and the Bruins' defense was a little lackadaisical on that one. So, yeah, you tie it up in the bottom of the fifth. And then we got to talk about this weird at-bat from Bryce Harper yesterday. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this yet. <sighs> He comes up in the sixth inning, and he just, like, barely moves at the plate, and he takes six pitches. Uh, it's a 3-2 count, but he ends up striking out on a fastball down the middle. I don't know what was going on. He got a big hit in the ninth inning to create an opportunity for the Phillies, and he had good at-bats earlier in the game. I really don't know what it was. I don't know if that's a decision from the dugout. I don't know if that was a personal decision because he thought, uh, this pitcher throws from a weird angle. He's going to try and work around me. I don't know what Kyle, uh, Kyle, what uh, Bryce Harper was seeing in that sixth inning with that weird at bat. If you haven't seen the video of it yet, go ahead and check it out. It's all over social media. Just like someone said, they, it looked like his controller died. Uh, it really did. He was just standing there with no intention to swing the bat. That was super weird. And then the top of the seventh off of Jeff Hoffman, uh, Matt Strom already had some trouble. Jeff Hoffman comes in. He gives up a run. Uh, again, Contreras, we talked about how he's killed him. And then Contreras again in the top of the ninth. He he was a huge hurt for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the Brewers get two runs from the Phillies coming back and tying it, and the Phillies don't score again. And in the ninth inning, one other thing I want to talk about for uh, for game two before we move on to talking about Derek Hall in a more individual sense. So you get Bryce Harper over to third base with one out. After because he's on base and then Bryson Stott singles and Bryce Harper goes first to third and you have first and third with one out down to Alec Bohm at the plate and Bryson Stott gets thrown out trying to steal second very close play he was out uh, they went to replay just to check it but uh, we had this conversation this morning on uh, the John Kikajo morning show over on 97.5 the fanatic and the conversation was is that dumb base running to get thrown out trying to steal second there I don't think it is I think it's slightly risky but I think it's a okay risk to take in that spot you have the tying run at first base if he steals second a single brings him in with how fast Bryson Stott is and the guy's a good base dealer like you're not telling Kyle Schwarber to steal from first like Bryson Stott can steal bases I really don't hate the decision I know he got thrown out and some people are like well if Al Goldman hits a double the game's tied anyway if he hits a home run it's a walk-off uh, why are you taking it out in that situation taking a runner off the base pass and I just think Bohm is not a power guy. Sure, he's an RBI guy, but I don't know. It's much more likely it's a single than a double. And you get Stott over to second base, you're good to go. You also take off the double play 
which if Alec Boehm hits a ball at shortstop or second base or maybe even hard to third base, that ball game's over if Bryson Stott isn't standing on second base. So I think there was a lot to be gained by Bryson Stott stealing second base. The only issue was he was out, and it looks bad in that sense, but the Phillies are an aggressive team. They have been all year. They're going to continue to be, and I don't think that's bad baseball. I just think it's a matter of opinion as to whether or not you would do that. Uh, yeah, it just Matt like that's the difference between someone betting the table minimum in uh, a table bet if you're playing like roulette at a casino or something. So let's say the table minimum is fifteen dollars. Someone bets fifteen dollars. Someone bets twenty five dollars. Doesn't mean the person betting twenty five dollars is dumb. It means they're slightly more risky, and you'll see. It's more money to lose, but it's an opportunity you felt like you needed to take, and it just didn't work out. But the bottom line is you just had an opportunity coming back and tying up that game. You weren't facing nearly their best pitcher on Wednesday night, and you fall apart in that game with a very winnable opportunity, and now all of a sudden you lose uh, the series ender because Corbin Birds was a monster like we were all afraid he could be, and just like that, you lose the series. Now, the Phillies are still fine. Coming out of the All-Star break, uh, they've gone, what, four and three. Winning record out of the All-Star break, it's not ideal, but it is what it is at this point. And if you go out and you have a good series coming up against the Guardians, you're fine. Uh, we'll preview that series tomorrow's episode and talk a little bit in depth about that matchup with the, the Cleveland Guardians, who are a solid baseball team, but not anything you have to be really afraid of. Like You should be able to handle them. Just annoying to let this series get away when you win game one and then you lose two straight at home. But it is what it is. We move on. And there's one guy that might need to move on from his position. And that's Derek Hall. We're going to talk about him more in depth uh, as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First, though, I want to tell you about my friends over at eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. We're going to talk about one right now that I don't think is a perfect fit, and it can make a team run clunky. It can do the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. You get the wrong part, it doesn't fit right. Who knows what damage that can do to your vehicle as whole, and it's not going to run right. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Uh, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you're going to be back in the game in absolutely no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Isn't that right? Don't we wish that baseball players were guaranteed when they signed those big contracts or when you traded away top prospects for them? Well, get the right parts the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, let's talk a little bit about Derek Hall. Now, first of all, I want to tell you, uh, SiriusXM, big partner of Locked On. They carry all these games that the Phillies are playing. The Phillies will take on the Guardians tomorrow night, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast of that matchup with the Guardians, and it'll be a big one for the Phillies. They need to get off the schneid that they're on right now. Uh, you can listen to that. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. Now, Derek Hall, Derek Hall, Derek Hall. Where to start? His defense has been underwhelming especially considering that Alec Bohm and Cody Clemens both had one error each at first base in their time 
relieving Derek Hall when he had an injury. Then he comes back and he makes two errors in the first couple series after the All-Star break. He hasn't been giving you good defense. He's batting 167. He has one home run and three RBIs. I just I don't know how you can justify putting this guy in the lineup anymore. And I like Derek Hall as a person. Like I get it. This is not I'm not trying to be mean to the kid. I'm not trying to be overly critical, but last seven days, 13 at bats, one hit, eight strikeouts. That's just unbelievably bad. And you could say maybe he's in a bad stretch right now. You'd give the benefit of the doubt to a better player. I would, but he's not a better player. And he's not a veteran player. And he's not a guy we've seen succeed at the major league level. I don't know. And I did this whole episode on, uh, I forget if it was Monday or what it was. Bryce Harper expected to play first base in the series against the Brewers, and then he just doesn't. And I don't know when he's going to, and hopefully it's soon. I don't know why they held off on that. Uh, who knows what's going on with Bryce Harper's elbow. Uh, maybe we'll see him against Cleveland. In Cleveland, to play first base, well, I'll tell you what you can't have. You can't have Derek Hall in this lineup anymore in any capacity right now. He needs to go down to AAA, and you need to bring somebody else up. I don't know. Maybe it's another bullpen arm. Maybe it's a utility infielder. Maybe it's Josh Harrison coming back from the injured list. Like, whatever the case may be, whoever needs a roster spot, well, Derek Halls is up for grabs. I'll tell you what, as well, there's been a guy I've been ripping all year in Dylan Covey. He's been really good in his past couple of appearances. His last, like, five appearances have been really good. So now Derek Hall is uh, the low man on the totem pole as far as, or I guess it's the high man on the totem pole. I think people always get that wrong. Like, I think the lowest – uh, faces on the totem pole are the most important ones. Bottom line, Derek Hall is the next guy to lose his roster spot than when the Phillies decide to call somebody up. And I think it's warranted, honestly. You can't have a hole in this lineup. You can have lesser offensive players in this lineup, like a Johan Rojas who's young and trying to figure stuff out because he's exceptional defensively. You can't have a guy who's a net negative both ways. It, it just doesn't work. That's a bad baseball player. And, I mean, there's no discernible – advantage having Derek Hall in the lineup right now. Kyle Schwerber, at least say what you will about his average and his defense. When he was playing poorly out there, he still had the opportunity to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Derek Hall doesn't seem like he's proven he can do that at the major league level yet, outside of a hot stretch to start his career at the major league level last year. So, yeah, you kind of got to explore other options at first, and you have other great ones. I mean, Bryce Harper, I do believe, can play first base. I don't know why they're holding him out, but he will soon. I don't know when. I'm done making predictions on that because I thought the organization said. I shouldn't say I thought. I wasn't guessing. Like, they told us he was going to play first base in this series, and he didn't. So I don't know what's going on there. But soon he will be ready to play first base. Alec Bohm has been really good over at first base. Uh, you look over at third, and you can play Edmundo Sosa there. He hasn't been great as of late. Had a big error earlier on in this series over at third base that cost the Phillies uh, a little bit. But bottom line is – you cannot play Derek Hall at first base anymore. You cannot have him in his lineup. I don't know what other way to put it. If I see him play in the series against the Guardians, I'm going to say I don't know what the Philadelphia Phillies are doing. I don't know what they're looking at. They're willing to put a guy out there who's not giving them anything, and he's not a guy who's earned that opportunity. Again, not trying to be overly harsh. Like I like Derek Hall. I think maybe he could be a player at the major league level, but – He's not Bryce Harper or JT Romuto or Kyle Schwarber or Nick Castellanos or Trey Turner or any of these guys that have earned the opportunity to struggle. When you struggle like this, you get sent down. He's struggling. He deserves to get sent down. And you need to get somebody up here who gives you more than what Derek Hall is able to give you right now. And if he starts parking home runs down in Lehigh, 
you go ahead and call him back up. You bring him up in September for September call-ups. I, I don't know, but I'm tired of watching him strike out. Uh, again, those numbers, the last seven days, he's had 13 at-bats and he struck out in eight of them. You can't win like that. I mean, you can, and they did win a game like that, but it makes it significantly harder to win like that, and the defense has been shoddy. So I'm over the Derek Hall experiment. I'm ready to go ahead and put a situation where Bryce Harper plays first base or Al Cole is your everyday first baseman, however you want to work that, whatever way, uh, keeps Derek Hall off the field is good for me. And just to clarify, the series is not on Derek Hall entirely. It's not like he's the reason the Phillies are losing these games. I'm not saying that you can't put it on one individual player. I'm just saying when there's clearly a guy not pulling his weight, you have to make changes at the organizational level. It's time for the Philadelphia Phillies to do that. Now, they'll have an opportunity to ahead of tomorrow night's game. Again, that's a 7-10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. It's out in Cleveland. Phillies head on the road, and you can listen to every pitch of Phillies Guardians on the Philadelphia Phillies hometown radio broadcast of that game on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you can pull that all up there. Now, as we wrap up, we got some rough news on uh, Andrew Painter. I'll read you the exact uh, statement from the Philadelphia Phillies Twitter account, and we'll talk about what exactly it means, because I think there's obviously negatives, but some positives as well. We'll discuss as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. All right. Let's talk about the Andrew Painter situation as I pull up this tweet. I'm just going to have to scroll down and find it. But basically, we know that Andrew Painter had a UCL injury. Oh, and I've already found it. He had a UCL injury earlier on in the season in spring training. Uh, he got shut down. They tried to do rehab. They tried to work him back. He had setbacks. Everything keeps popping up. and doesn't seem like he's getting better. And then we got this from the Philadelphia Phillies tweeted out on a dark background. Like all bad news is. Right-handed pitcher Andrew Painter has been undergoing conservative management for right elbow partial ulnar collateral ligament, in parentheses, UCL, injury since March 2nd, 2023. While he was able to return to throwing bullpens and follow-up imaging has shown interval healing in his elbow over the last few weeks, he continues to be symptomatic upon examination. Considering the timing of the season and that Painter is still experiencing symptoms, the Phillies medical staff has recommended he undergo a right elbow UCL reconstruction a.k.a. Tommy John surgery. Uh, I added that in myself. That's not in here. But with ulnar nerve transposition surgery, which I'm not familiar with, but I'd imagine that's a normal thing that goes along with uh, UCL injury. And then a uh, lower paragraph says, Painter has a surgical consultation with Dr. Neil Elitrache. I still don't know how to say his name. He's the guy who did Harper's. He's the best guy in the country and probably in the world at this. He has that on Monday, July 24th, 2023 in Los Angeles, California. So Monday, we'll probably get an update on what the doctor has to say. Monday or Tuesday, sometimes it takes a day or whatever. But we'll get an update on what the doc has to say on Andrew Painter. So Tommy John for Andrew Painter. And I understand why people would be mad at this, okay? I get it. You look at a guy who a lot of people said when he had this UCL injury in spring training, just get the surgery. Get it done. Don't worry about the rehab. Get it done today. He misses 2020. Three, then he comes back mid-2024 and he's ready to contribute. Now you missed half this season. You pushed him back to July. And now you're missing a year from July. So he's missing most of the next season. It takes two years for them to bounce back. I get it. This is a big-time negative when it comes to the career path of Andrew Painter. I'm not going to debate that remotely. You're absolutely right if you feel that way. It sucks to have Tommy John surgery uh, heaped on your top pitching prospect and the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. It's just... It's not fun. The guy could have contributed, and now he's gone for who knows how long. 
And I do believe he'll still come back and be fine. He's going to throw hard. He's going to be okay. He's a young kid. If he misses four years of baseball right now, he'll debut at 24. He's 20 years old, right? 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My math is right on that. It was simple math, but I'm a simple man, and that's why I can't figure it out. Bottom line is he's still young, so it's not like we're talking about uh, the Phillies ruined the top pitching prospect. No, he's, he's the brakes on that one. But it does suck that you're going to miss more time than you thought you needed to, and they may have been able to just do the surgery back in uh, uh, back in May. I'm a big proponent of don't get the surgery unless it's fully torn because it creates more of a problem than it solves. People see, oh, you get Tommy John, you don't get hurt again. What they don't see is that's two years' worth of your time as opposed to if you can rehab it, some guys come back and don't have the trouble and they're back in like four months. Uh, four months to two years is an incredible increase in availability, so I get why they did that. Uh, here's the other positive too, right? Because it's a total negative the news as far as what's going on with Andrew Painter. It sucks we're not going to see him for a while. And the legacy lives on of what can this kid be. But this tells me, the way the Phillies handled it, tells me that they really think he's the real deal. Let me ask you something. If you had a 20-year-old pitcher, he was 19 at the time of this injury. So let's say you have a 19-year-old pitcher. You're a World Series contending team. And as good as that pitcher is, you're like, okay, well, we need men up here at the major league level, veteran players and pitchers that can help us win a World Series. And that pitcher gets injured. I think most of us would be saying in a vacuum, a 19-year-old say, okay, well, I don't know, get him whatever surgery or rehab he needs. We're not counting on him for this season. We're not thinking about him at the major league level. It was already going to be a stretch to assume that he'd contribute anyway. Just, I don't know, get the rehab or get the surgery and we'll see him in a couple years. That would be the normal thing for 19-year-olds. What the Phillies did was they drug out his rehab as much as possible despite minor setbacks, which some people could see as negligent. The way I see it is they were desperate. They were desperate to try and get Andrew Painter to the major league level because they see how special this kid can be. And they understand how much he can contribute at 19 and 20, much less repaired elbow, 22, 23, some innings at AAA under his belt. And I know that takes more time, and I know that's not fun to hear. But I think the reason the Phillies put themselves in this position is because they think Andrew Painter is so darn valuable right now that he can make an impact on a World Series contending roster at 20 years old. And to me, that says, do not trade him. Do not move him. Be careful with him now uh, that he's going to get the surgery but and put him in bubble wrap and be absolutely careful. But when he debuts for the Philadelphia Phillies, he's going to be an absolute monster because the Phillies already believed that with a bad elbow that was coming off of injury, it was worth it to risk this to go ahead and try and bring him back for this season on a World Series contending roster. This isn't, hey, it'd be cool to see him pitch 10 games at the end of the year for a team 20 games below 500. No, this is, we need to win it all this year. We're trying to win it all this year. And we think this 19-year-old, 20-year-old guy can help us despite having elbow issues. That means they think Painter's the real deal. And it's not desperation based on the roster because they've got other good pitchers. Wheeler, Walker, Suarez, Nola. I mean, Christopher Sanchez has been good. They believed in Bailey Falter at the time. They can go get someone at the trade deadline to get in that fifth spot. No, this speaks much more highly of Painter. I think people realize it just didn't work out well. And that's partially fault of the Phillies for taking this chance. But uh, it says a good thing about the kid that they were willing to take this chance to try and bring him back. It just backfired.
and that sucks, and we're not going to see him for a while. But you will see the Phillies tomorrow night take on the Guardians, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast of that game on the Sirius XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. You'll be able to pull that all up there. Uh, that's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. We'll talk tomorrow and preview that series with the Guardians and dive deeper into that. But, uh, yeah, that's all for today. So thank you for checking us out. Locked on Phillies, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube. And I'll talk to you tomorrow on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.